0: limitless wrestling fans it's another edition of the limitless wrestling podcast john alba and the czar of limitless wrestling randy carver coming to your ears as we've been doing here in the midst of this pandemic randy you're joining me from a uh a very quiet and serene dojo right now i am how you doing
1: Uh, i'm doing well uh we're all closed up here at the limitless dojo so it's uh basically just been coming in here to upload videos or do the podcast and it's kind of weird to uh not have anything going on here and not really knowing when it's going to pick back up but uh we've had our efforts kind of focused in the content realm of limitless wrestling as we're doing right now we've got a uh interesting conversation coming up
0: yes we do we are bringing on ace romero one of the true faces of limitless wrestling this one has been a long time in the making we're going to get to that in just a minute But we talked about the pandemic at the dojo episode one this past week. This week it's episode two.
1: Yeah. um, Actually, as we record this pandemic at the dojo is going on right now. Episode two on independentwrestling.tv. So if you didn't watch it, uh, you can go check out the replay. Go to independentwrestling.tv. You can sign up with the promo code Limitless. And you can actually watch uh, a ton of Limitless shows for free. Get a five-day free trial um, take a look at IWTV. See if it's something that you want to invest ten dollars a month in. I would definitely suggest it if you're looking for a wrestling fix right now. Over 150 different independent wrestling promotions, uh, not only limited to, not only limited to the United States either. They've got uh, uh, Ethan Page's Alpha One Wrestling out of Canada, uh, Zona Twenty Three, just a ton of different and off the wall shit on there. I uh,
0: and, I got to give it a golf clap by the way to uh, Ethan Page for his little show that he did. Oh, the Body Guy did, Extravaganza? Did, did
1: you see this? I did. I did. I, I watched live, actually, for uh, for a majority of the show.
0: This was very creative. He is so it, creative and smart, man.
1: He really is, and uh, has his finger on the pulse and is really uh, expanding his content at this time, too. So if you haven't uh, throw him a subscription on YouTube, I believe that's still up in full on his YouTube page. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, so you can you can check out the Body Guy Extravaganza, the show that didn't happen but happened, um, and it, it was a really fun watch. And kudos to him on a, on a great idea and bringing that uh, to the people in a time like this. But um, if you uh, going back to pandemic at the dojo, if you don't want to sign up for IWTV, don't fret. Uh, we are going to stream the full episode two on Facebook Wednesday this coming Wednesday before AEW. So it'd be Wednesday, April eighth at 7 p.m. Facebook.com slash Limitless Wrestling. So uh, that'll be up in full, and then everything from this episode coming to YouTube.com slash Limitless Wrestling this coming week.
0: What'd you uh, make of WrestleMania, Randy?
1: So I am not completely through it yet. Um, I watched night one live, uh, a huge fan of the Boneyard match. Uh, I think it's one of the coolest uh, WrestleMania moments in my history of watching. And I'm just about halfway through night two yet. I really wanted to try to watch everything in order if I could. Um, I I did kind of sneak a peek at the uh, Firefly Funhouse match, but I'm not through it yet. So uh, I haven't yet fully watched WrestleMania, but uh, night one, uh, fun under the circumstances, and the Boneyard match I think was uh, iconic. I I think some people are going to disagree, but I really really think they made the best of a bad situation.
0: it's kind of one of those things where it's like, really proving that pro wrestling can be anything.
1: Yeah, and, and, 100%. And you can.
0: Would you ever have interest in doing something like that? Not not a boneyard match per se, but maybe taking Limitless Wrestling outside of the uh, four sides of the ring and, and doing something creative like that down the line?
1: I'd certainly be interested. Um, I just know in the back of my head how much that is in production costs to make it look like it should. Um, I would never want to half-ass something like that because I think that's the problem with... With, um, with pieces that are put together like that, where if it's half-assed or um, it doesn't make sense at any point, it's really going to turn off the viewer from what they're watching. So I think it just really, it has to be done right. And it, and I think in this case it was done right, but uh, it just takes a lot of money, a lot of resources to kind of make that happen, in my opinion. So I don't know if yep. that's something in the realm of possibilities.
0: When when The Undertaker wrote out to Now That We're Dead by Metallica, I knew we were in for a good... Uh...
1: I was into it. Some people were pissed off, but like I I was into that.
0: Taker looked more badass than he's looked in a really long time.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was a very very cool outing for Taker. AJ
0: Styles is just so freaking good at what he does. Like we hear how he's just this ring technician, this general, but then he goes out there. He's got his soccer mom haircut, and he's just trying to get you, just get under your skin. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he was so great. He was so great. And yeah, and you know what? Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson main event at WrestleMania By Hell yeah, Miami. they did. So that's a, that's, that's a win for me. The good brothers are good brothers. Um, but we got a good brother of our own on the podcast this week. It is Ace Romero. Randy and I taped a real nice conversation with Acey. And I think you guys are really going to like this. Why was it important for you to get Ace on the show again?
1: Well, it's uh, it's been a while and a lot has happened in the two years that we haven't had him on the podcast. And we have a kind of a unique opportunity in the podcast right now where we don't have a ton of things going on in the world of Limitless Wrestling right now. So we can kind of take time to reflect and uh, talk to some of the members of the Limitless Wrestling roster. Ace Romero, someone who's been here since day one. So he's literally seen all the happenings throughout Limitless Wrestling's history. So uh, he's just a good it's going to be a fun conversation to kind of hear uh, just about everything that's changed in his life uh, personally and professionally over the past couple of years as it pertains to Limitless and as it pertains to what he's been doing outside of
0: Limitless. No doubt. So without further ado, we present to you Ace Romero. So joining us now at this time, he is one of the most dynamic performers in all of pro wrestling today. If I had a vote for the Mount Rushmore of Limitless Wrestling, he'd be right on there. None other than Ace Romero. Ace, how you doing, man?
2: Good man, thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. I mean, first off, I guess we got to ask everyone healthy that you know, everyone doing okay in that sense?
2: <sighs> yeah, man, this is a crazy world we're living in right now.
1: It's nuts right now. It's uh, it's obviously affected everybody, it's affected you. Uh, how's uh, how's shit going as you rattle around your dip container over there?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, every- <laughs> everything's going i guess like it's i feel like a lot of people are doing the same
0: thing they're just sitting and waiting and that's what i've been kind of been doing
2: yeah
1: that's kind of all you can do at this point
0: how are you staying active out there man because I, i've been wondering that you know if people aren't having places to get their reps in if they're not able to get to the gym to train uh, how are you staying uh, in your mindset uh man i've been going for walks
2: and i've actually uh one of the uh the rascals zachary Wentz, lives in my neighborhood so you know we'll work out here from time to time together and stuff but dude i i I can't i can't lie to you it's hard to get like cabin fever man honestly
1: yeah it's gotta be uh gotta be weird to be like locked up at this point when before uh I mean, you were you were pretty active every single weekend, if I'm not mistaken. You had a ton of impact dates lined up and uh, just kind of shit's all gone away super quick. And it's just uh, a really weird point. We had something that we never spoke about on here, but you were actually going to be on the uh, Limitless card in early March. Uh, The cause for alarm card. We didn't announce anything for it. you were going to be a surprise to the audience and to your mom. Uh, We didn't tell her either. So I was real bummed when everything kind of kicked in. So as quick as it did.
2: Yeah, I kind of took it as like a joke. Like, oh, this is, is going to be like Ebola or swine flu. like It's going to be whatever, and then it'll be over with, and then on to the next thing. But no, I was sadly mistaken, just like everybody else.
0: Yeah, it, it really is a shame that the pro wrestling world has kind of been put on a halt here, but we've been trying to keep people looped here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Randy said that we were able to lock you down, I was certainly excited about it because – I do think that when you think Limitless Wrestling, the name Ace Romero comes to mind. And, you know, we had you on the podcast a long time ago, but so much has even changed in that time. And I kind of want to go through some of this stuff with you. And and we spoke to some fans. They had some questions for you. And we're going to really dive into that. So I, I, I think we can probably hop into the time machine to about the beginning of 2019 or so. And that's where things really start to take a turn for you. You and, uh, retro AG start to get on the same page and, uh, you're going to war with the Kings. That's of course, JT Dunn and MJF. Uh, what are some of your memories there uh, about finding yourself at that time? And how have things kind of evolved since?
2: Uh, man, that was definitely an interesting time. Uh, it was the first time in a long time that like you had four big egos and trying to get everybody to work together, you know, professionally and properly. It was, it was a little bit of a task. I think it like, you know, you got, like I said, four big egos guys who are staples, you know, at, at for the, you know, for the roster in the locker room. And, um, we were able to you know, come together and I think we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. But yeah, it was, it was a uh, definitely interesting time. Like I love the matches and stuff, but working together with all four of us, cause we all, we all want to be the top dog. You know what I mean? It was definitely interesting to get together and try to make the best, you know, best product and uh, the best match going forward.
1: It was an interesting time like all around, because I feel like you're right. Like it's the first time in a while that we had kind of the, I don't know the four top guys in the same scenario in the same situation, and that was a multiple show thing too. It wasn't just a, a one-off show. Like uh, building up to that first ever championship match, uh, March of 2019. Welcome to the dance. Uh, legitimate friction, you know, around uh, yeah. everything going on. Uh, how'd you feel about us? Uh, first of all, how'd you feel about us introducing a championship for the first time?
2: Well, for the well, for the first time, like that. I have to admit, like. I felt a little. Uh, I don't know. I it's. I think it goes without saying that I was, you know, the guy there for a long time. So I felt like, oh man, I got three other guys, three hungry guys, three awesome talent. Like they're gonna take my spot. You know what I mean? Like I was. I think I. I, I think I'm correct, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've main evented more shows than anybody.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the only person who's anywhere close would be Anthony Green at this point. But yeah, uh, that's more so because of how your schedule has kind of picked up over the past I don't know six to eight months and uh, just kind of uncertainty. We had a lot of uncertainty with you throughout the past year of just kind of knowing what was going on.
2: Yeah, and 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 honestly, I felt kind of you know I it's your baby, but it was also like my baby. Like you're the first company the to really put stock in me and like when i couldn't make a show because i had to go to tv and stuff like i felt left out honestly i was like are they forgetting about me like <laughs> um no but i was super stoked that we were able to introduce the championship like that's the fans wanted that and i think we told a great story leading up to the first you know inaugural you know, championship match
1: yeah, and I, I remember talking with you back in the day, like, a championship was never something that we really spoke about. And, you know, early on, it was, it was really myself, you, and, and MSP, and that's who we had, you know, and that was the, yeah. that was the group pushing it forward. And We had guys join in throughout that first year, like an Anthony Green and uh, Xavier Bell and Troy Nelson, those kind of guys who so, – uh, we're really, you know, team players early on. It was never something that was really in the cards for us. So it's kind of, it's just, it's wild how it came together. And uh, looking back, you know, I'm I'm glad that, that you were involved in that decision. You know what I mean? I think you definitely yeah. had to be in that contest.
2: Oh, no, thank you. Of course.
0: <laughs> Ace, you brought up uh, an interesting point there, though. You said that you kind of viewed it as like the top four guys and they were all super hungry. How does the dynamic of the Limitless locker room compare to some of the other independent organizations that you've come through, and especially now that you've had a chance to work some high-level television, where does it stack up in that sense in terms of dynamic? At least
2: for me, dude, it feels like home. Like, I feel so comfortable there. Like, like I know I, – I always know what to expect. Like, it's just it's home. My family's – the boys in the locker room, my family. You know, everyone has the same goal. They want to just put on the best show ever. There's – yeah, we all have egos at the end of the day, but like we all want to have the kick-ass show, dude. Like, I, at least for me, I miss, I miss the Armory. Like, we had <laughs> some killer. Can we swear on this, this thing. Wanna, yeah, honest. of course. We had some killer fucking shows at the Armory. Like, not for nothing. Like that crowd interaction, I can match that with any any other company, any top any promotion, whatever, any television taping I've ever done. Like that, it's up there. It's up there in the top three of like crowd interaction like you can't you can't explain it like i love limitless wrestling and you know you know i can't really speak to my future you know as much as i you know how much i can be there but i'm going to try to be there as much as i can like that's my number one priority
0: so so being a main boy and and seeing the evolution of these crowds because Randy and i have talked about this A lot on this podcast uh you weren't seeing crowds like that in maine uh, for a very very long time so how important has that evolution been to you
2: it's it's been everything like that's limitless is like the staple in my career that made ace romero or ac romero who i am like if it wasn't for limitless i i might be still wrestling in iwe like main event no shows
0: you know what i mean like
2: I can't, I can't, I can't say enough how big Limitless was to my career.
0: I think that's a good segue, Randy. Don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I actually introduced John. Uh, John, I, I don't think knew a ton about Ace Romero before meeting him back in what 2015. Yeah. Um, I, I introduced him to the former IWE tag champs, the leatherheads, the other day. <laughs> leatherheads. <laughs> uh,
0: let's let's talk about this because IWE has has been one of the pillars of this podcast too. Uh I actually, my first match that I ever worked, ever, period, in my pro wrestling career, I screwed you over, Ace Romero. And 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 I helped your boy Aiden Agro win. Uh, it was pretty fantastic. Did you? I did. You, you, you were slick, son of a bitch. <laughs> you were wrestling the man known as Amon Jordan for the oh, main state championship.
2: And, I vaguely remember that.
0: And uh, I was representing the quote-unquote station, and I yeah, came out. Yeah, okay, now I remember. I remember
2: that that whole and, uh, whole uh, that gimmick. Yeah. And
0: uh, I uh, tried to overturn the match because you did not fit the image of what a champion should look like. And uh, Son of a bitch. screwed you over, yeah. Sorry, man. I mean, you've had a few chances to get your comeback, and look, on me. Uh, and look at you now, you Emmy award winning bastard. <laughs> I know, can you see it right behind <laughs> me? It's crazy. Uh, but but IWE has such a near and dear place in my heart, uh, for those reasons because of stuff like that. Let's talk about IWE. I mean, you were growing up in Maine, this is one of the promotions, mm. the mom pa shops, if you will. What are some of your fond memories? Uh, through some of your incarnations there.
2: It wasn't even, like, the show. Like, we always did the Fairfield and Brewer. But it was just, like, the weekends. Like, I'd come up there, and I'd stay there, like, on a Friday, and all the boys would stay at Vegas's house, and we just fucking chill and, and drink and have fun and shoot the shit. And then we'd do the show, go back to Vegas's house, do it all over again, go to Brewer. And then, you know, being around the cast of characters at WWE, you know, books... It was just a whole – It was a, you, you couldn't ex- – I, I can't really explain it. Like, you had to be there. Like
1: I don't think I've ever seen you more hot than when Will Dojan stole the couch from you at Ben's house. <laughs> and, and Ace Romero is ready to flip shit on Will Dojan at 4 a.m. in the middle oh of the floor.
2: My. Oh, my God. Yeah. But those are fun times just watching wrestling and, you know, just bonding and –
1: that's where, if I'm not mistaken, too, like you you were introduced to a lot of your like indie independent re- yeah, like shit that you hadn't seen and like like PWG is what we're watching primarily, but uh a lot of PWG, a lot of Ring of Honor stuff, like new shit that you hadn't seen before. And- I
2: had no idea that rest any other wrestling existed besides besides just shitty main wrestling and then uh WWE. I had no idea.
1: Well, you had to know, like you had to know there was some kind of scale of this, right? I mean, you've no, wrestled no. a few other I places. Ob- I was
2: oblivious, really. Okay.
1: Honestly. How okay. old are
0: you when we're talking here?
2: Uh, man, how, how old was I? I? I I'm so bad with dates and that would be, be like, like
1: 2013 era. So yeah, so 18,
2: 19. Yeah, probably like 23, 24. Oh, um, I learned. I mean, obviously, I, I caught it quickly. I'm always last to know everything. Like. I'm always the last to like figure shit out, honestly. <laughs> I'm always the last to like get hyped on a new show, hyped on a new song. Like um, w- once I get like, like I'll watch Tiger King, that Tiger King show probably next year. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I'm always the last to like get on, get, on the, get on the train and indie wrestling was the same thing. Like I never, just didn't, really, just didn't really know about it. Like the first match I ever saw, I think it was, it was Kevin Steen versus Colt Cabana in New York at, in front of like 20 people. Like, I think Miyagi like, showed me that match. I'm like. What, what is this? like? Yeah. I don't...
1: You're blown away by Kevin Steen.
2: Yeah, I so like, why does he have John Cena's lettering on his shirt? Who
0: the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you just mentioned that those are some of your earliest memories and whatnot. And, and I know that we've hit on that stuff in the past. But uh, do you feel like going through those trials and tribulations have helped give you the thicker skin that you need today in order to succeed at the level that you have?
2: Yeah, I had, you know, he can rename he can remain nameless, but there was somebody up in that locker room, the IW locker room, that, that told me I would I would never make it out of Maine. I wouldn't amount to anything. I'd never wrestle anywhere big. I would just be here. Um and they, you know, they took it upon themselves to let me know that they're gonna wrestle at PWG. They're gonna do everything. And uh they didn't do all that besides just bully me. Like they didn't, they didn't really amount to shit, for lack of a better better <laughs> phrase. Uh, so it, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, it feels good to prove people are wrong. Yeah,
1: it's such a weird dynamic to like some of the locker rooms like that too, where uh, as long as you're like staying at a certain level, everyone's cool with you, and uh, you know everything's kosher. But then when you when you start making moves and start to try to better yourself, I remember like. When you had, had kind of picked up and moved to Rhode Island to go train with uh, Oney People Lorkin. fucking
2: hated me for doing that.
1: People fucking hated him. And I, I just, like, that was nearing the end of my time there as well. And I, I think a, lot, a couple of people ended up following after that. But it was just turned into a really toxic environment once people Ooh, like. Who the fuck
2: does this guy think he is? Or yeah. you better, better than us. Just ridiculous <laughs>
1: shit because people, you know, people I think were threatened because they don't want to make that commitment to professional wrestling and that's fine, but there's no reason to be an asshole.
2: Had I not lost everything time and time again, over and over again, moved around different places and pretty much did everything at the skin of, you know, skin of my, what's the phrase, skin of my teeth, whatever, yeah. like I, had, had I not done all that shit and had nothing and had furniture that I had to leave behind because I needed to get to the next place and move to the next area where I thought I could advance myself. Had I not done any of that shit, like, I would not be where I am today. I would not. And and, and then having and then also doing all that and having the platform of Limitless, like, I would not be where I'm at. Like, I would just be another one of the bunch, you know?
0: Are, are you more confident now than ever in the ring, or or do you take the approach of, well, there's still something that I can learn every single day, and I need to. Oh my God, I'm
2: always I'm a nervous wreck these days, huh? <laughs> I don't know why I'm a nervous wreck because, like, especially at TV now, like, ah, uh, man, I feel like I'm I'm relearning everything from the start. Like, can, can well, I mean, TV. have you
1: done much TV yet? Like, I, I don't I don't think you've done a ton of stuff that's like very formatted television yet. Have you?
2: I oh yeah 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 I'm I mean, I'm just now I started in October so yeah. I signed October and I did bound for glory as my debut and then I've, I've done probably now maybe like five or six TV since then. Okay. Um, yeah, February was a little heavy. Uh, but I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm feeling I'm relearning relearning a lot of shit.
1: Like, I have a weird question as it, it pertains to like specific impact stuff. Sure. Um, you you do these TVs, and I assume it's like a it's a, it's a couple days stint. That's uh, a couple tapings in a row. Yeah. Um, are these Impact Plus shows that you're doing extra for them? Are those uh, are those formatted the same ways that like a TV taping are? Or are those more it's, like actual shows?
2: It's less. It's it's I, I guess it's, I, would, I guess you would say it's less pressure. Okay. But like it's still very TV formatted. Formatted mm-hmm. like we'll do like specials. Um uh once in a while like that or just for Impact Plus or the Twitch shows. Interesting. Um, but man, TV... I'll t- actually I'll tell you a story. A funny story. Like, my first time doing TV, we're in New York, and there's I did Bound for Glory. I'm, like, everything's lost. I'm like fucking everybody's put me over. I'm taking crazy bumps. Yes, the crazy ladder, match. ladder the crazy Jesus ladder
0: badge.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh do all that shit. You know, I'm pretty fucked up, but Everyone's put me over, so it's it was worth you know worth it. Go to TV in New York, like we have to in New York, they have commission, and you got to see a doctor and get checked out before you wrestle. Well, there's so much shit going on that day because the TV is nuts. That I didn't see the doctor, I forgot about like I couldn't find the doctor, like I had to call a match. With, I had to you know go over a match with Moose and stuff, and <laughs> I won't say who, but. I had an agent screaming at me, but not but, about you know not seeing the doctor before my match. And I'm about to go on. I'm literally my music's playing. I'm getting fucking reamed out because my fuck up, my mistake. I'm like, oh fuck, dude, this is this is not good. Um, but you know that was my first experience. I had I was getting yelled at because of making stupid mistakes. Right, right as I'm right as my, music's, my music's playing. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what were you thinking? You need to fucking see the doctor. Da, 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 da. Uh, you know, luckily we, everything worked out. It was fine. I saw the doctor afterwards, you know, it was cool. Everything's good, but yeah, TV is a, it's own. it's a, it's a, it's own animal.
0: Yeah. And, and I want to talk about a lot of that stuff because even before we talk about impact, uh, it predates that. And, and you really got some of your first big widespread exposure with MLW and that kind of came off the heels of the, that run of great limitless matches that we were talking about, uh, where you're in, where you're in the heat of the main event there. Uh, how did your relationship with MLW come about?
2: Uh, it it just kind of came about a little, kind of organically. Um, uh, I had I had friends that worked there, and they're they're running in Chicago, and Chicago was like five hours from my house in Dayton. So they were like, oh, just come up, we'll, we'll book you for this show, and we kind of kind of like a tryout. Um, I wrestled Marco Stunt. He was just coming up for the show as well. Um, we fucking killed it. Uh, I'm like, oh, call us on Monday. We'll we'll talk about you know possibly bringing you on full time. Um, it was fun while it lasted, but in the end, we didn't really see eye to eye on certain things. But it it, it was definitely their TV was def, was different from you know Impact TV. I it was way it almost it almost felt like an indie still. Like it wasn't as like you know, formatted, like, you have to do this, 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 we have a schedule for this, this and that. It was definitely different from Impact.
1: A lot looser of a schedule. They also did pre-tapes early, which I think uh, helped that, help probably helped the process a lot. And that, that Marco match, if I'm not mistaken, that kind of blew up a little bit in itself as well, right?
2: Oh, yeah, dude. Like, shoot, you know, kudos to Marco because he took some – Brutal, brutal shit in that match, and we yeah, also—he he
0: continues to take brutals <laughs> every
2: single yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, you know, and then you know, I we we did the code right off the top with him, and this crowd went nuts for it. Uh, we actually got to work in Iowa. They we uh, for wrestling a revolver. They, they booked the same match. Uh, I Me mean, versus Marco. We tore it up again because it it's such a size difference, such a like, such a contrast of characters and everything else, and the crowd ate it up.
1: I love the fucking mismatch dynamic. Like we've done that with you a couple times in Limitless. And how do you like? Uh, what do you? What do you like going into a matchup? Are you? Are you like a Hoss fight guy, or do you like the mismatch? Do you like a regularly sized competitor? Is there any preference?
2: I like the mismatch because the story is so easy now. Like now we just got to tell, I'm bigger than you, um, and and you're a high flyer or you're smaller. I, I like those matches. Hos. The only thing Haas Max means to me is that I'm, I'm gonna get stiffed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I loved. Uh, I, I watched it recently. I loved you and Darby from No Control 2018.
2: Yeah, I love like even even like Ar Fox. I wrestled him a million times now. Yeah. He, he 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 likes to wrestle bigger guys. He doesn't like to, he, you know. He told me he doesn't like to wrestle high flyers. He'll do it and it'll be amazing. But he likes that contrast of big guy. Like, I like that too because now. I'm kind of playing defense the entire time and I can plug in my shit and we can create cool moments and, and create the story that way. Um, I prefer that more than having a, you know, like I said, big guy, big guy, it's great. Uh, but you know, I prefer like the smaller guy, big guy scenario.
0: Sure. And, and you had a chance to kind of figure out all these different dynamics during your time in MLW. You only wrestled around nine matches or so for them. Uh, What did you learn during that time?
2: What did I learn? I learned that I I don't like to be told what told what to do.
0: And and that's not necessarily a dick per se, but but like why why is that something that you realized right away was just something well, that it's just
2: like if you're an indie wrestler you have your own freedom. You know, obviously you have like the boundaries that the promoter you know sets for the show and your match, but usually it's like oh, just go up there and kill it. Now now for for you know especially for mlw i I had to make sure i worried about um the time i need to make sure i hit six minutes or ten minutes i can't go over that time i have to do certain i have to do like i have to have i have to make sure i hit this certain thing in the match we have to do this we can't go over time if they cut sometimes i might cut the time so you got you have 10 minutes so you need you're you're trying to do and then you, you get to the curtain like oh sorry you got three minutes now okay Indie show you, don't, you' you don't have that on indie show you have the freedom to kind of kind of do whatever you want and I, and I and on indie shows, I kind of feel like as long as you kill it no one's gonna give give you much
0: shit but is that something that you consciously think about now as you try to go higher and higher with your game
2: yeah yeah it's much harder much higher you get like uh when I wrestled when I wrestled Sammy Sammy at uh Portland I believe it was uh, yeah it was at Randy. the Portland
1: club yeah hybrid with, moments.
2: You gave us what ten minutes, right? And we're right in the we're right in the middle and uh I, I, I got uh, I got Sammy and and in the quote unquote wrestled. and Tony goes, uh you guys have to go home at we're at we're at ten. I said, We're going over time. <laughs> that I'm match sorry. went
1: about twenty, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said,
2: sorry, we're going over time.
1: <laughs> I sometime like uh i've definitely learned like throughout the years how to structure a card with giving uh some cushion to some matches to have you know sometimes a match is gonna feel it and they're gonna go longer and and sometimes that is the best case scenario obviously sometimes people do need to be corralled in and um we, we do have you know a good refereeing crew to do so but Ah, uh, that's one of those scenarios where I don't think it was a a bad thing whatsoever because the crowd is extremely invested.
2: Some people would call it selfish, but you know, it's like I said, limitless is my home. So like, I almost feel like I can do no wrong. If, if it's
1: all, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's it's also different because we uh, we we we're not looking to present like a tight television product. We're not. Uh, and usually if we did have a card that was structured to be like everything on time, usually it's made known ahead of time, but, uh, we do have some of those shows where it's kind of, uh, extremely flexible in the time department.
2: Yeah. Like if I, if I was at TV and I looked at the referee and he's like, gosh, did I gotta go home? You got you get one minute left. And I was like, oh, we're going over time. Like I would get fucking chewed out. probably get fired. <laughs>
0: <Like>. <laughs> well, and ultimately when it comes to like an independent performance, like you, you just said, like you're going over. You know that you are there to perform for those fans, and if those fans right. are digging everything that you're doing, you have a service to deliver to them at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I got a good,
2: I, 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 I got a good ability of reading the crowd. Like I know, you know, I, I like you can go out there and, and call X, Y, and Z, but like you kind of like got to, you're gonna read. You have to be able to read the crowd. You have to feel how they're how they're moving. And in interacting with your match, you know what I mean. Like I knew that if we went another another ten minutes, they'd be fine because I knew we were gonna fucking murder it. Like um, it's one of those things. Like you, and, and sometimes you go out, you're, you're gonna call X Y Z, and you go out there, and they're not really digging what you're doing. So you gotta you gotta change it up. You gotta you gotta, you gotta adapt.
0: Yeah. Well, you know we're talking TV here, and. Randy and I discussed this at length last year. One of the genuine and I, I mean this wholeheartedly, it's one of the coolest moments for me in my time as a wrestling fan was seeing you pop up in the double or nothing casino battle royal. And it's because I, I know your journey and, and for me obviously as, as I said before, I I was part you were part of my special moment. And uh, when I saw yeah. you would pop up on the road to double or nothing on a uh, Cody's computer and and get in there, I mean, that was just so incredible. So how did that all come about? And what was that experience like for you? Oh, uh,
2: first of all, thank you. I appreciate you saying of course. that. Uh, it was, I don't know. I felt like, I don't want to downplay myself, but like, I felt like uh, maybe I, I shouldn't be there. Like I was just like, Man, you really want me? You know, Cody. Cody hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, we want to book you for uh, you know the battle royal." And I was like, "Oh man, really?" And and I I saw you know the all in battle royal, and and that match was dope. And they really wanted you know go above and beyond as far as doing the typical battle royal. I'm like, I remember just like getting the message like, "Hey, you're booked. Keep the state open." I was like blown away you know I told my roommates I was right at the time I was living with uh, Jessica havoc and Sammy and they were blown away for me and then all of a sudden just like well now I'm let let the, let the uh, anxiety officially start uh, and I uh, man it was just like such a roller coaster leading up to it and, mm-hmm. and then getting to Vegas and just it was just nuts the entire time starcast and you know all, all the everything all, everything that went into it, um, and then the day, and then like that weekend. I was nervous. Oh, I I flew in there on a Thursday. The show was on a Sunday. I was ner- nervous the entire time. Uh, <laughs> actually, a funny story. So, I wasn't really sure what to wear. Like, I, I you know I was acquaintances with a lot of the guys that were booked, but like not, not everybody was like like if AG was there, I would have felt more comfortable. Uh, but like I didn't know what to wear like I didn't know I didn't know if I should I don't want to feel stupid either because I don't want to be like hey Cody what should I wear uh, so I got a tuxedo I did all that stuff <laughs> I spent like seven, 700 bucks not that I'm sorry a suit not a suit, not a tuxedo, okay. a tuxedo, okay. suit. I spent like 700 bucks uh, got, I get to the hotel my belt from my my uh, my suit was too big uh, so I wasn't <laughs> wearing a belt I, I put it on I'm sweating uh, I go downstairs in the lobby nobody's wearing a suit
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember this
2: nobody's wearing a suit I I, I, I leave uh, MGM Grand Hotel I walk down crossroad get to the arena uh, still nobody's wearing a suit everyone looks everyone's just dressed in like normal casual clothes uh, I go locker room really quick very nice locker room I change and I change right away I walk into the arena I see the giant sack of uh, uh, poker chips I'm like all right empty arena. I'm like, oh, all right, here we are. It's on. It's on now. It's just so surreal. Like, you know, obviously like uh ball of nerves, but it, it was surreal. I can't really explain it, put it into words.
0: Just the level of talent that you were in that ring with. And, and you, got to, <sighs> yeah. you got to shine too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh hit a dive and, you know, did a bunch of stuff. Like it was just, I had to follow Billy Gunn out of the tunnel. And Billy Gunn was all hyped up and I'm nervous as shit. Like <laughs> getting all hopped up, and they call for the hearts, and and then we start going out. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Um, and uh, <laughs> Jungle Boy was uh, he was in the group before me. I, he might have been my group actually. My group in the group before me to go out, and you know he's like, <laughs> like I think I think he puked. Like he's, he was nervous. <laughs> he's like he was like, dude, I, I love wrestling, but I hate I hate this part. And I'm like, dude, I'm with you right now. Like I'm shitting bricks was was he yeah. supposed
0: to drop kick you over the rope
2: yeah yeah okay. we went back and forth with it uh when we were going over it, and then uh yeah he like it was i think it was just a timing thing uh i mean
0: it still looked great and like yeah him, him getting to throw you over was a big moment i mean it was it oh was, yeah oh yeah it was good stuff yeah. uh listen you never need an excuse to look nice so going in the suit man there's nothing wrong with that uh, yeah but you have to understand like i <laughs> Didn't have a belt, so the, and the pants were too big, and so
2: they're falling down. Hiking them up, like it was a That's it was worst was a case whole, scenario. It was a whole thing, dude. Like, <laughs> ugh, man, I felt and I felt stupid. I'm like, I look stupid right now. I looked in the mirror and, and my roommate and uh, I let someone uh, crash my room. Uh, oh, uh, big bacon! You know, big bacon.
1: Yeah, Brad uh, Hollister.
2: Yeah, he was there. So, and first of all, I was blown away that we had our own rooms. Like the nicest hotel I've ever been in. Uh, and he was there in town, and he was there with N.E.W. Um, so he was like, uh, "Do you mind if I crash your room?" I said, "Absolutely no problem." I I don't want to be in my room. Ner- nurse is fuck the entire weekend, so please come in. <laughs> like we chilled we together totally all week, all weekend, and uh, yeah. So it was it was just uh, it was an experience for sure.
0: Randy, what was that like for you seeing Ace on that stage?
1: It was really cool. Um, I, I was extremely excited for it, and you know, you just. These are the kind of things that, you know, you don't even know are going to happen a few years ago. But you talk about, you know, the possibilities. I remember a lot of times just shooting the shit about, you know, how, how far could he take this and how far could he go? And that's just it was huge because, you know, the he was unsigned at that point, recently departed from MLW. So uh, anything was possible. And I think he went out and had a fantastic showing in that match. Uh, I remember getting uh, some some suit pictures where he's fucking pissed off that he thought it looked like shit. Um, but no, it was it was a really cool weekend and uh, a really cool moment to see him come down the tunnel.
2: Yeah, my mom was like, my mom, my mom. She they bought the pay per view and stuff, but she, I feel like she only care about the suit. She's like, you gotta make sure you dry clean it, you gotta make sure you take care of it. <laughs> well, seven hundred dollars suit, yeah, she knows. Uh, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh god, come on, like, I'm, I'm I already feel stupid putting this on. I'm sweating, like I can't stop sweating. What condition uh,
1: is that suit in now? Did you take care of it?
2: <laughs> yeah no I, I, I still got it obviously uh but it's definitely could use dry cleaning now
0: so <laughs> did that did that whole turn of events kind of help put you on the radar for impact did AEW say hey you know maybe down the line this is something we could look into yeah like so we
2: Wrestlemania weekend in New York um we had uh I wrestled for the wrestling revolver um and after the match, uh, I remember, I remember coming back and I was going, I was going to the locker room and, and I had saw Scott Demore and Scott Demore said, Hey man, you killed it. You know, uh, you know, I met him once before. Um, <laughs> I met him, I met him in New Orleans and I was, I met him, I was with Jess and he, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Ace Romero. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm, 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 and the, cause they're doing their show. I wasn't booked or anything. I was just there to hang out. And I was like, uh, I appreciate you letting me come hang out here you know this is awesome that just is like stop being a kiss ass and scott like popped hard and i'm like i'm so mortified right now uh, <laughs> but i but I, so i saw him in new york the, like the next year um, after the match and he asked me if i had signed with aew and i said no actually um uh i had asked my release from mlw um so now i'm kind of in limbo waiting to see if they're going to grant it to me which they did um and he said well let me know uh hit me up here in a couple weeks if you figure your stuff out and let me know.
0: So, I mean, that's, that's pretty great. And now you're in impact and uh, you're getting a chance to shine and obviously a crazy world right now, but I I really look forward to seeing more from you and what you're going to be doing there. Uh, Randy, you want to start taking some fan questions here?
1: Yeah, let's kick this this thing off.
0: Okay. Well, we got a question from uh, Frankie G. And he oh, wants to know what are your thoughts on Sammy G, Sammy Guevara?
2: Sammy G, my best friend, one of my good friends. Uh, he's killing it. Like uh, I, I talked to him. I talked to him um, pretty regularly. Really. Uh, I told him to stop wearing his white kickback cover because they, they look ugly and they and they fall down. Uh, but other than that, like I talked to him all the time. He's killing it, and uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: I got a funny little piece on Sammy Guevara. Um, before his contract like went exclusive with AEW or whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. he actually almost made his Limitless Wrestling debut at Know Ooh. Your Enemy in September. Really? Um, he was actually almost the opponent for Ace Romero.
0: Oh. Yeah. Uh, I wish it would have happened. Man, that would have been great. I guess
1: that would have been something. I mean, it's kind of funny how it turned out with Dan Moff and it really, really oh. solidified Dan Moff for his short limitless run. But then uh, it still worked out great. But like that would have been a, a really fun mismatch to put together. John, John yeah.
0: with the John with the Emmy wants to know, uh, speaking of Dan Moff, I mean, how cool of a match was that for you to have? and And what was that experience like?
2: Uh, it was, it was crazy. Like, Dan Moff's a legend. Like, we wrestled in, we wrestled in, uh, at the ECW Arena in Philly, um, and we murdered every house of hardcore, and remember after the match, like, he was pretty emotional, like, saying, like, thank you, like, thank you for making me feel alive again, and I'm like, dude, thank you, dude, you're, you're the fucking man, like, you're still out here hanging and banging, dude, doing this at your age, like. And performing at a high level, uh, thank you. And then, you know, I would talk to Randy about, like, yo, we need to bring Moth in. Moth was, was a monster. Uh, I think he would do good uh, in Maine. And he would be different from anyone else who's ever brought in. And, uh, man, we killed it. Like, it was such a fun match.
1: And that wasn't even uh, supposed to kick off. Like, that was a... Uh... That was a three hours before doors open decision because AR Fox, Christian Casanova was going to kick things off and AR Fox didn't want to fly that day. So uh, (laughs) we had to, we had to change a bunch of shit around. And honestly, like I, uh, I had just heard so much. uh, I mean, I had seen Dan Moff a lot, but uh, you, you just hear how he can produce and perform and deliver and uh, I, I trusted him, and that was a pivotal spot. That's the opening match of our biggest show in history. So um. he's another
2: he's another guy like like Fox. Like Fox brings something out of me. Dem off brings something out of me. Like he, I just we're calling the match, and like he just like he 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 has this different. He has this X factor, like. He brings something out. Like he brings the best out of you. Yeah. that's well, hard to really explain.
0: Well, how about Christian Casanova? Michael G wants to know. What are your thoughts on Christian Casanova's popularity in your Triple Threat match for the Limitless World Title at the beginning of the year?
2: I hate it. <laughs> 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 no, no, I was super. I was super uh, su- not surprised, but I was I was happy because um, Christian's he's needed a break for a long time, and he's he awesome. Like he's been working his ass off, and he just he just like like me, he just needed an opportunity, an opportunity to shine and be in the spotlight. You know where it's like everything's on the line, and this could propel you, you know, elsewhere. Like he needed the opportunity, and he delivered, and the crowd was with him one hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. No, I'm super happy for him.
0: Uh, Bryce wants to know uh, he says went back and listened to your first Limitless Pod appearance you mentioned you've had multiple trainers and mentors like Oni Lorcan Team 3D JT Dunn Sammy Callahan would you say anyone sticks out over the rest as a game changer for you?
2: Um, (coughs) uh, Ward Bird Hanson uh, also known as Ivar was my first trainer Um, very first he's the one that you know topped that lock up broke me in uh, as far as, you know, all those guys, I, I learned different things from everybody. Like, um, I can't really pinpoint, like, you know, who was the best or who I, who I got more out of. That's that was, that was kind of my thing. Like, I didn't say it put Like, I see people in Ohio, like, guys in Ohio who are really good, if they would just get out and go elsewhere and, and risk, like – you know taking the risk i i don't don't have a family i have a family but i don't have a family family um so i could i could still do that tomorrow i could move to california tomorrow like uh they I, i i got immense immense knowledge from every one of those guys but the fact is you have to be able to be willing to bet on yourself and be willing to go out and get as much knowledge and much knowledge and training from 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 anyone who's credible and, and different. You need different different opinions on shit. Yep.
0: Obviously
2: obviously lately Sammy you know Sammy Callen, he you know he op- he opened his home to me and I was there for two years. Like I learned a lot from him. Like he was one of the latest guys. We're like, yo, I I see good things in you. Like I'm gonna get you an AW and you're gonna kill it. Dude, I, I miss Chicago. I love Chicago. You know, it's just you gotta be willing to bet on yourself.
0: No doubt. That's what you got to do in life. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, 207 Stoner710 asks Thoughts on the death matches you've been a part of? Uh, you know, maybe what was your first one what was the most recent one. You obviously you had that fans bring the weapons match with Fox and Limitless that turned into a death match. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I remember, Three million plus views on YouTube. Hey. I remember being, I will never forget this. I was backstage. It was just me, you, Fox and Randy and maybe one other person uh, backstage after the show. And I looked over and you had a piece of meat just hanging <laughs> off your arm. And I was like, oh, Oh, this is nasty. And, uh, uh, wait, what are your yeah, thoughts? On I remember, some of those I, remember I
2: remember Randy being mad. That's what I remember the most.
0: Well,
1: I mean, we we do we we love the Westbrook armor. We got a venue we're trying to keep, and you know, oh we, for sure. We uh, you know we spoke about how crazy uh, things were going to get pre match, and uh, I guess we had differing views on that. You know, <laughs> I
2: <laughs> I knew I knew that it was going to be a shit show when Fox told me. He got, to, he got to the venue, and he was like, hey, I told Randy if I need to go to hospital tonight, that he, he can you bring me, please? I'm ready to fucking go. I'm like, oh, my God.
1: He tells me that before he goes through the curtain, like like oh, yeah. two did minutes he? before he goes through the curtain. So yeah, and then lied. he slammed his fucking head off a locker, and I'm like, fuck, like, what have I done? <laughs>
2: when I, yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, and I was, like, bullshitting, too. Like, he asked me if I did two tube, light tubes for it, and I said, yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I didn't like you 2 4 Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. Because like, I don't want to seem like a bitch. Like, I didn't care. I'll, I'll do whatever. That match was nuts. Like, had a couple of things. I remember promptly, like, Xavier Bell saying, don't touch any more glass. He came down to the ring and was like, Randy said, don't touch any more glass. I said, get the fuck away from the ring. This yeah, point, and then like, Bell just,
1: like, turned around and, went and threw his hands <laughs> in the air. I'm like, oh, okay. At this
2: po- like, you're, not, you're not talking to Justin Romero at this point. You're talking to fucking bloody... Fucking Ace Romero, and I'm feeding the crowd at this point. Like, you know, you know I, I'm as far as you know, person, person, personally goes. I'm I'm gone. Like, I'm, I'm going through some shit now. I'm bleeding everywhere. there's glass all over the ring. Then I found out my mom. My mom left in tears. She, I, I, I called her. I said before the before that match, I said, "Yo, you need to make sure that you know this is going to be pretty violent." Of course, she had to be all you know. She had to make a production. She left all in tears and stuff and. I didn't Larry think Huntley she was
1: going to talk to me ever again.
2: Larry Huntley made sure I knew how bad it was. Oh, she was crying and she laughed. I said, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you, know, he... you, know I mean? you know, you know who he is." Yeah, He's <laughs> fucking production. Uh, oh, that's so that's so, I felt and I felt bad too. Like I, you know, but like I had a bunch of friends there that night. So I, you know, I was feeling. I you know, I was feeling myself.
0: I mean, are you cool with death matches, or, or is it something that you've kind of learned? anything from
2: i'll never do light tubes again good (laughs) they're fucking dude there's
1: just uh, i mean i I have so much respect for the people who do but like there's so much uncertainty with that shit like that's that's something that we've cut out of uh any possibility of really having
0: and and i know this may sound mundane ace but can you explain why you would never do light tubes again because they hurt is it just as simple as that is it a risk thing is it a
2: well, they they have like I guess they have some chemical that can give you cancer if you're breathing in. Right. One, two. They 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 shred you. They cut you. They mutilate you. Like that. It's all over the ring. Mm-hmm. Like it just and I, and I was, I was, uh, I I'd watched, um, Cage of Death. And I saw Drew Gulak. He was going through plates of glass, uh, panes of glass, and. Uh, he was just wearing his trunk, so I was like, I'm going to wear my fucking trunk, so I don't care. I'm not going to wear a full full attire or whatever like some people do for death matches. Like, I, I wanted to, you know, kind of be a badass. And as big as I am, dude, I was shredded and I was cut and I was mutilated all over. Like, my elbow was pretty – was pretty. I should have got stitches for it. I got a scar. I got scars on my hands for a minute. Like, it was cool, but never again.
0: <laughs> How long did it take to recover from that match?
2: Not long, honestly. The first night was bad. I remember just being itchy, and my back was because I had a lot of cuts and stuff. Um, but luckily, I was able to shower. They had a shower there, so which I didn't even think of a, think of prior. I was able to shower, so I showered off right away. And I think Vegas was there, helping me get glass out of my head and out of my my back, my arm, and stuff.
0: Ooh. I got chills just even thinking about that, man. Ugh. Um, Mikey L wants to know: Once things get back to normal, what are your goals for 2020?
2: Are things going to get back to normal? That's a great question. Let's hope so.
1: That's the better question, yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I, you know, like when this shit happened, I I went on a really like crazy doomsday kick. Like I started watching. I watched all four of The Purge movies. I watched. <laughs> I watched Ind- Independence Day, <laughs> Independence Day two. Uh, I don't know. I, it's uncertain. Obviously, I want to get back to do, doing what I do, but, like, I, who's to say that things will get back to normal? I don't know. I think I think if things get back to, quote, unquote, normal, uh, it's the world will be changed. You know what I mean? Like, it'll, it'll, it, people, kids are getting homeschooled now. Like, people can't be in groups of more than three or four or five or whatever it is. You have to be six feet apart. Like, this is not going to go away. People were really scared. I was in a subway a couple of weeks ago. I got yelled at because I sneezed, and a lady got pissed at me. I was like, I don't have coronavirus. I swear. She's like, how do you know? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be different, yeah. I think. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think – I don't anticipate going back to normal day-to-day day life. I think there's going to be – if, if we go back to quote-unquote normal, there's going to be a new standard of things, new protocols, all that stuff. Like – um, I can imagine like even for wrestling, like people are going to have to probably get checked out regularly, which I should anyways, right. um, you know, like I think it's going to be a whole new landscape. Yeah. Uh, but- so I don't know. I don't know what my goals are. My goals are to get back to normal, but yeah. what is normal? And if, if we, and, and are we going to get back to normal? Who
0: knows? Yeah, I totally agree. That's, it's, uh, certainly a way to approach it. Uh, Gabe wants to know what's your favorite limitless match you've competed in?
2: Uh, um, me versus Anthony Green, with Brian Ferry as the referee.
1: I love that match. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I think of all time, just uh, so, such a fucking good match, and uh, just just really hit on an emotional standpoint for anyone who had been following for a certain amount of time. Uh, really, really good stuff.
2: And we had them. Like we had them. Like people were, people definitely tuned in. Like people gave a shit. Like. When I, I walk, when I would watch it back, when I at some point in the match, like we hit this crazy fall scene, including Fury, and Fury goes to count for two, and then I kick out, and then the crowd just stands up, and everyone stands up and claps. Like that, I I don't know, that was so surreal. Like it's like art. Yeah, art exactly. It was just it was nuts.
0: Second second
2: favorite would be. Uh, the surprise Fox match and Portland. Yeah,
0: yes. yeah, that was, was nuts. I was on commentary for that, and uh, when you pounced him out of the ring, man, it was just yeah, mm, just even that pop though. The pop.
2: Uh, oh yeah, I wrestled Dale Hurst right before that, so whatever. And then Anthony Green came out and introduced him. So that pop, like my God, it was nuts for Like we just get we get we get in the Iowa and we saw Rock Austin in it, like bang, 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 like man,
0: uh, it was so great. Give me 10 cups of that, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Got two more for you. Uh, Greg wants to know what songs are you listening to on repeat right now?
2: What songs am I listening to repeat? Weirdly enough, uh, sounds kind of funny, but I I came across um, Atlantis Morris Set Unplugged. Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. Dude, I've been pumping that, dude. Like, she's so good. I've been watching some of her YouTube stuff. Like,. Some of her live stuff, dude, she's incredible. Yes, that, it's she's a
1: great crazy. live concert.
2: Yeah, so good. Like I, I've been listening to her. And randomly, I've been listening to Jim Cornette's podcast because oh, that boy. guy's out of his fucking mind. Yes, he and is. <laughs> the, thing, the things he says are so outlandish that it pops me. <laughs> it's a ride, that's for sure.
0: hmm George died. Um, And then uh, Sarah wants to know, your favorite non-wrestling program to watch or podcast to listen to? <laughs>
2: My favorite non-wrestling program to watch or a podcast? Yes. Um, hmm. What do I usually watch? Well, for podcasts, I only usually listen to wrestling-related podcasts. Yes. That's the good one. Um, but as far as shows, I've been, I watched uh, there's a show on Netflix called Lock and Key.
1: Okay, I've, n- watch- I've never seen it, but I think uh, I think I've seen like people posting about that lately.
2: Yeah, uh, it's really good. Uh, it's it's about this it's about these kids that move into their old their old family house and they find all these keys and do certain stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's like a thriller. Um, I, I watched that recently, and I will not watch Tiger King because I I don't know. It looks stupid to me. I heard it was amazing
1: though. Did you guys watch that show? Fuck yeah! I've
0: oh, I, yeah. yet to. I've yet to.
1: It's it's bizarre. It's just it it just continues to be bizarre. So, uh, it, it's it's definitely a ride. Like there's some shitty people involved throughout the uh, throughout the duration of the program. But it's uh, I mean, if you want to pass like six hours, that's a way to do Honestly, it. It's just bizarre, me, like white trash, fucking. If crazy. you were to tell me
0: <laughs> if you were to tell me Joe Exotic was actually an IWE gimmick, I probably would believe that first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, yeah joe exotic
1: great. fucking co-promoted a uh nwa event at his little at his spot his nice. gw did zoo he, he did, did he? yeah fucking uh tim storm was on the event <laughs> that's uh great. wow yeah there were a couple people posting about it this that's week so who great. were i think jackson stone posted about it he was on the show holy <laughs> shit that's great yeah. that's
0: so great um, wrapping up here, Ace, uh, what, what kind of advice you got for anyone who's trying to break into the business right now? You've, you've been in this for longer than a cup of coffee now. You've, you've reached some pretty high levels. Uh, what's your biggest piece of advice you got?
2: <laughs> My advice now is to find a new career. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, assuming, assuming that we can get back to a quasi-normal life. Assuming. We, I,
2: I, you just got to be willing to sacrifice a lot of shit like you gotta, man. I, I can't only I can only really think of like all the money I've waste not wasted but like I've burned through, places I've furniture and stuff. Like you gotta be willing to do it all. Like when I was in Florida living at living in uh, Kissimmee, like I was training at Team Three D, and um, like I used to work at I worked at the gas station that was right near the school, and I would worked there from uh eight o'clock to like seven or eight in the morning and then i would go to the gym and then i would go to training and training was five days a week it was a good environment but um man you just gotta literally give it your all like there's no shortcuts into it like now guys can get signed like a year or two in whatever but those those people are like they're like Freaks or like prodigies, you know what I mean? Not everyone's gonna have that route. So you gotta be willing to do whatever it takes at the end of the day.
0: No doubt. Uh Randy, anything else you want to add here? Uh,
1: not really. Just uh thanks for coming on again. Uh we shouldn't wait two years again to have you on, you know, again on this podcast. I think it's a fun chat. And uh depending on how long this goes, we may be calling you out to have you on again soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I feel like my brain, as far as wrestling, has been kind of turned off. So this was this was a good, uh, good uh, exercise and a good thing to do just to talk about wrestling in general. It makes me excited. I have to go to Nashville tonight for uh, Impact. We're doing uh, we got TV tapings uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and so, Friday. So you're gonna tape so. close set there. Yep. Yeah. We had, we got tape in shifts
0: crazy. What a world we live in. Just absolutely nuts. Well, thank you, Ace. We appreciate your time, and uh, you stay safe out there.
2: Uh, Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: Great stuff there from Ace Romero, Randy. I really enjoyed chatting with him. Uh, I I mean it, man. I I think he's a very special talent, and sky's the limit for him.
1: I agree. Uh, Happy we could get him on this podcast again, and uh, definitely someone I want to speak to not two years down the road. We'll, We'll have to have him back soon, but uh, real fun conversation there. I actually learned a few things that I didn't know. So uh, I always like when we can do that in an interview.
0: Might have to be going through uh, some PR companies to talk to him in the future. I got a feeling.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe so, maybe so. But yeah. uh, who knows?
0: Who knows, for sure. Great stuff there. All the best of luck to Ace as he continues here, especially in these crazy times. How about we do an Ask Limitless next week?
1: Let's do it. Um, we'll put up a post late this week. You can submit your questions either on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash limitless wrestling on twitter at lw or you can email randy carver at yahoo.com uh, any any question you might have about the realm of limitless wrestling uh shoot it to us and we will talk about it next week
0: if there's ever been an episode to get outside the box with your questions you want to do some fantasy booking whatever you want to do now's the time we got literally nothing going on here yeah so lay it on us so, so we could we could get a little crazy with some questions here some would you rathers maybe uh, I don't know. Ooh, we'll, we'll, all right. uh, we'll, some MFKs. We'll have to see. Uh, <laughs> have to see where things go. <laughs> but uh, uh, as long as there's at least 14 questions about Mac Daniels, it'll be a great show. So yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, hey, he looked like a Greek god in uh, in that video that uh, AG put up.
1: He did. Yeah, and he's uh, he's actually debuting next week on Pandemic at
0: the Dojo. Fantastic! It's going to be yeah. the best episode yet. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, folks, we've had a lot of fun with you this week. Good meaty episode here, the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. Everyone stay safe out there. Get your questions in for Ask Limitless. We'll see you on the other side.